Welcome, friends, to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. Connecting with your authentic nature with Eric Windhorst. Hey everybody, it's Diane and I'm here with a guest from another country. He's in Canada and Eric is a specialist in not only working with gifted creative people, but he also is an ecotherapist. He like loves nature, inner nature, out of nature and all that connection. And the more I get to know Eric, the more I love his ideas, and his presence on earth. So I invited him on the show to share with us about authenticity, our nature, and whatever else comes up. So grab your tea or coffee, sit back, and listen to us. And if you're driving, you can re-listen to anything that you find exciting. All of Eric's information is in the show notes for you, of course, so that you can find him and research him. And if you're not following him on Facebook and seeing all his amazing photography of Canada, you are missing something really, really amazing. So welcome, Eric, to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Diane. It's a, it's a real privilege and a pleasure to be here. I'm so, I'm so excited to talk to you about nature and it, all of the different pieces of it. Before we get into that, give everybody just a little, a little snapshot of your background. How did you get excited about nature and all of its different aspects with human beings? And uh, how did all this get started? Because I just think it's just so powerful. Uh, yeah, that's, um, I mean, that's an interesting question. And uh, I could probably go on for quite a long time about my current understanding of how I got to this point. I mean, I guess at, at the very kind of deep roots, using that kind of nature metaphor, is I, I kind of feel I have felt pulled in this direction, both consciously and unconsciously, my entire life. So it's not something I feel like I've, I've purposely, consciously just chosen, although I have done that too. I've been led here and I consented to kind of participate in, in this process. So, I mean, so that's one, I guess, like deep answer. Right. In a more, in a more kind of, let's say, middle world kind of notion. I, I've always loved spending time out of doors. I remember as a young child, as a toddler, my parents, I used to just love sitting in my stroller and just, I'd sit there with my, with my hands folded on my lap. And I was just content to observe the world around me. I just loved you know, paying attention and, and seeing connections and just appreciating the beauty. And, and my parents used to call me like little Yoda, like this little wise old soul that just kind of sat there and observed. And in some ways, I kind of feel like I've circled back to being that person in my adulthood, you know, in, in the middle period of my life. So into adolescence, I, I went through some traumas like many of us do, and I lost connection with myself, my my true authentic self, I, I had to shut down my emotions. I felt like I had to shut down who I was in order to kind of survive because of some of the things I went through. Somehow, and I'm not entirely sure how, nature kept on calling back to me. And what really woke me up to my own inner emotional world, which had been kind of shut down, as well as my connection to the wider world, other people, the wider natural world, was the birth of my daughter. So at age 25, 
my daughter Natalie was born quite fast and unexpectedly actually at home. It wasn't planned. It was uh, it was intense for me. I'm sure it was more intense for my uh, my partner, based on observations. But <laughs> I got to hold Natalie. I was the first one to get to hold her, and I had her against my bare chest. And I remember looking into her eyes and just something told me like, okay, I got to wake up. I, I have to deal with my, my stuff. I have to face this. And, and it was kind of a, a little bit unconscious at the time. And it became more conscious as time went on. I, I kind of held it together and kept my barriers up and my boundaries and, and resisted. And then, you know, within about eight months, I, I finally kind of had the courage to reach out to a, a very wise therapist who, um, I mean, he, we worked with dreams, we worked with, um, you know, family of origin stuff. And my dreams kept on showing me things. They kept on leading me places. And as part of that, I also spent a lot of time out of doors. I don't exactly know why. I just felt drawn to spending time, especially with water. Um, and as I spent time with the water, I just felt like it was reflecting back to me who I was. I'd be sitting there journaling for hours on end. And it was like some force was just kind of expressing itself through me. And so that process started about, about 10 years ago now. Um, and since that time, I've been kind of working at following this thread that's been leading me sometimes, you know, misstepping and getting off the track and, and sometimes just fully embracing it. That led me to study counseling and psychotherapy. I then studied kind of the human nature relationship through the lens of eco psychology. I ended up doing a doctorate looking at how gifted adults experience this ecological self or this connection to nature, which includes cognitive, emotional, spiritual, and physical aspects. And then as part of that, I started a private practice in which I, I integrated all of these little bits into, into kind of this philosophy of, of working with people and helping them connect with inner nature, uh, which I describe as like one's authentic self, as well as outer nature. And so that's connecting with the natural world around us. Um, and we can do that by going out into nature. We can also do that by just tuning into fundamental consciousness, if you want to call it that, or, or tuning into kind of what's present around us, that, that nature is all around us. And those two halves, so the inner nature and the outer nature, they're not really separate. Uh, at least I don't experience them as separate at all. There's a, there's a sense of when I'm in tune with my authentic self, I'm present. I'm present to my body. I'm present to my emotions and, and my feelings. I'm present to the people around me and I feel connected. There's a connection. And that same sense of connection is what I experience when I go out into nature. So it's this wonderful reciprocity that I also lead my clients through often. So I'll, I'll kind of leave it there. I could kind of go on and, and describe things, but that's kind of how I got to this, this point in my life. So. That's really powerful. And you bring up several things that I, that yeah. I want to, that I want to dive into a little deeper because I think they're important. One is the, the shutdown response that gifted people go through when there's a trauma or a disruption in their life. And a lot of people have a belief, and I believe it's an erroneous belief that because we're gifted, it's easier and we don't have those issues. In fact, I was told by some gifted people, gifted people don't have addiction and mental health issues. I'm like, well, that's not true. Absurd. I know it's totally absurd. And that's what I said after I was done laughing at them. But because it was another gifted person in the helping field that said it, I'm like, huh. I'm curious. Huh. huh. Okay. And they've since changed their mind. This was years ago. They've since 
see now what what we were what we've all been talking about. But yeah. can you speak a little bit to how that works in a creative sensitive person? Like we go through a disruption or a trauma, and then the person shuts down, and then what's the consequence of that? Uh, I mean, uh, the consequences are massive in, in substantial ways. Um, but where my mind went is, and I'm, and I'm thinking about my, myself, but also clients that I am working with and have worked with, where from the outer perspective, you may have no idea that that person shut down because mm -hmm. a, lot of, a lot of gifted, talented people have the ability to, for all intents and purposes, let's say be clinically depressed or be even dissociated and yet be able to function. Uh, and, and so that's maybe part of this erroneous belief that, that, you know, gifted and talented people or, or highly sensitive people can just kind of handle things that from the outside, you may not notice it. Um, but the consequences, the consequences of that from like a felt experience sense is catastrophic. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's tough to really describe in words what it's like, right. But it's. I mean, I guess one metaphor, which might be helpful. It's like, it's like the world turns into monochrome. Everything's right. just like very, very, everything's very narrow. Everything's very kind of like grayscale um, when we're disconnected and, and we, when we're maybe a little bit associated um, because of our intense emotions and feelings, if we couldn't handle those and contain them, and we wouldn't have the support to contain them. Then we have to find a way to, to keep that intensity at bay but you, you can't get rid of the intensity because that's part of who we are, right? So, right, right. Um, so, so, we, so we need to find a way to, I guess, embrace that intensity back. And what I found as, you know, with my own kind of personal journey is I found the world became more like three-dimensional and more colorful. Like literally my senses were heightened uh, when, when the integration kind of, kind of started to happen. Um, and in terms of, the disconnection and its effect on like the wider world. Um, and, and I want to be careful here because often people who have uh, talents and abilities get a lot of pressure put on them to, to perform and to make the world a better place, maybe against their, their natural kind of inclination. But, but the consequences for the rest of the world when a person is disconnected from their natural sense is drastic. It's like an element of the ecosystem has disappeared, a critical element of the ecosystem. And that, and that system cannot really be what it's meant to be and come to fruition without that person being present to themselves and being present to the world. So the consequences are drastic for the individual. The consequences are also drastic for the system. Um, and, and they're not really separate either. So, Right. I love how yeah. you say that. And, and I was thinking of an analogy I use, and we use the same analogy. Sure. We just say it differently. And, and it made me smile because you're the first person who has said it that same, the similar way to me. And I say, you know, it's like when we're in that shutdown pain spot, it's like we're watching TV on one of those little portable three-inch black and white camping TVs. Yes. But, yes, when we're, yes. but when we're fully connected, and I always say connection's the correction, then we're like in 3D stereo surround sound yes. with all of it alive because of our intensities and yes. there there's your difference right there and and i loved your i love the way you said it because it is monochrome and it's very this way when when we're shut down and i believe that all mm -hmm. of us are like 
vital pieces of the greater whole. And so when we're taken out, when we take ourselves out or we, yeah. we've been taken out and we're refusing to play again or refusing to get connected again, then we impact everything that is. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's just, that's fundamentally true. And, and that is the great tragedy, I think, of, um, well, I mean, my mind's going in, in a few different directions, but I think you're touching on, to some degree, things happen to us, right? Unfair things happen to us. Traumas happen to us. We also have personal responsibility, right? And, yes. and this, is, <laughs> this is a tenuous a little bit. Um, and I want to be conscious because some people don't have the capacity to necessarily take responsibility because they're, they're so kind of dissociated or disconnected. Um, but that being said, that self-leadership or that self-responsibility, um, when maybe we're shown something or given an opportunity and it's scary to maybe take that step or scary to reach out for help or scary to connect again, um, finding the courage to do that can be critical. Yes. Right. Because a lot of, and you know, a lot of gifted and highly sensitive people, they already feel different from, from the collective. And so finding suitable support and finding places where they, they can kind of authentically feel connected can be challenging as well. Right. Exactly. I, I only work with um, sensitive, gifted people as well. And part of the time, by the time they find me, they've tried all these different things where it took them so far, but they couldn't, they couldn't get all the way there. They were never really totally connected. And I said, well, because it's a unique experience and, oh, yeah. and it's not, you know, it's not a better or worse. It's just different. And you want to find somebody who lives it with you instead of says, well, I understand what it's like to be smart. That's yeah. different than being Very different. a yeah. sensitive, gifted human being living it out. <laughs> Absolutely. And it makes me think about some of my own personal experiences, but also experiences of clients that they told me of going to practitioners and mental health practitioners or, or other kind of helpers and, and good intention people, but people who put things in boxes, right? Put, so, so here's a model I work with. Here's a theory I work with. I need to fit you into that model and theory because that's kind of what I understand. And as intense sensitive people, we can, we feel that, right? We feel getting put in and that it's not, it's not anybody's fault. That's just the way that that's happening. And, and that actually limits the potential for growth and expansion. So for a lot of gifted and, and highly sensitive folks, finding help in which a person can be present to all of their complexity and all of the intensity, the past, the present, the future, and allows things to kind of organically happen while also kind of catalyzing change is critical, right? It's yeah. critical. Yeah, it's very critical. I, I believe that we, you and I, and people like us are technically eclectic in our view. Oh, that's the word. That's how I describe it. People say, well, what, what view do you use? So first of all, there's no box. And second of all, I'm technically eclectic because life experience and education, I have a whole wide array of things. And I'm sure the next client I work with will teach me something else. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and I don't, how, can, how else can you be other than eclectic when you're dealing with so much complexity and, and fascin fascinating complexity? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Totally. So let's talk about integration for a moment. Okay. Uh, um, that's another thing you brought up that I like to talk about because um, I want to know if you've run into this in, in your practice or maybe you've done it in your own life because sure. especially with intellectual overexcitabilities, it's like, let me learn, 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 dive in, uh -huh. learn, research, ask all the questions. And it's like all this input 
but yet no way to get it out or integrate it or assimilate it. And so the system jams up kind of like the Dead Sea. So how, talk a little bit about integration and the importance of, of really taking the time to let it land and integrate whatever we're working on so that our next steps are on solid ground. Uh, so great question. Um, uh, so where my kind of where my mind went immediately and, and here, here, this is a little bit eclectic. What do you know? Um, so one of the one of the systems that I think is helpful when I look at is like the chakra system. So we have these seven energy centers in our bodies. Um, mm-hmm. What I notice and what I observe in a lot of gifted people, myself included, uh, more earlier on than now is, uh, whoa, we're way up here. Right. We're up here. And, and the intellectual, like it, it, it's, it's fascinating, right? You can learn a lot of things, but it's up here and we don't, we're humans. We, we're a whole body, right. And we're connected to the wider sphere. So, um, so the way that, I guess the way that I experience working with clients when it comes to kind of the integration is I, I notice these things and I kind of act as a bit of a mirror back to people. Um, just asking questions, noting, oh, like it, it feels like you're you're very up in your head. What it, what does it feel like, you know, in the rest of your body? Uh, like, what are you feeling in your chest right now? Or in, and and oftentimes there's a sense of like, I I can't feel, you know, I don't even know what's happening in the rest of my body. Or it's like there's so many so much anxiety or intensity that's kind of like frozen there. Um, that that carefully over time we, we have to kind of like revisit and and titrate all of that energy so we can get the flow happening and the integration happening um, and that has to be done you know with care especially with people who've gone through a, a lot of trauma but one thing that I find super helpful is encouraging people to go spend time out in nature because just like in my work with clients where I tr- I kind of mirror back what's happening in them nature does the same thing nature mirrors back to us uh things and um I, i'm just reminded of uh of a client who i've been working with who who and, and she gave me permission to share this but she escaped a horrendously abusive marriage um and she's also gifted and she had also gone through a lot of complex trauma growing up this is a person who was so so fragmented and so disconnected from who she was and so ashamed of who she was and so disconnected from others, she started spending time in a natural place that felt really comfortable for her. There's actually like two places in the world where she feels safe and both of them involve trees and being outdoors. Uh, And she started spontaneously starting to write poetry about her experience and started painting. And all of this kind of life force started to enliven and she became more connected with her body. Um, So, yeah, so I'm not even sure where I was going with that, but but that's kind of, that's kind of the process that seems to happen a lot of times with clients. And and when I work with people who are are fragmented or totally disconnected, the first place I send them is to nature. We'll just go uh-huh. attune to a tree or hang out by the water or anything in nature. Appreciate the flowers, and and that connection seems to begin to open up or give that person hope that they are still alive, even though they might not feel it inside. And there is life force within them, even though it's shut down because that power of nature, because it's a yes. And we're not separate from nature. We're part of it. Right. And so, and so I think that, I think 
that the outer nature world really does reflect for us. So do you work with people about like seasons of life and that kind of thing? Like, like the natural seasons in nature, like we're in fall now. And um, this is my very first year ever in my life living someplace where the leaves will change for fall. Oh, that's going to be amazing. And I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And and, um, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I, I get to like, live it instead of see it in pictures <laughs> oh my gosh that's going to be amazing yeah. so how do you use seasons to um help your people yeah i mean that's a good question i mean um i mean fall for example we're writing into fall fall i i personally experience as, as a time of it's like slowly it's like slowly life is kind of you know it's it's reached it's reached kind of the peak for the year right and things are starting to move inward so fall is this time of kind of in, you know, more inward reflection, turning towards, uh, you know, what's happening internally. And, and you know, then winter is, is, is even more that kind of like being in touch with, with the darkness and uh, oneself. And, and then spring is a time of kind of enlivening and waking up. And then summer is a time of, of kind of boisterous display of beauty. Um, and so, I mean, I'm reminded of a client that I worked with who was frantically like kind of like compulsively active, but not in a mindful way, not in like an intense kind of integrated way where you're accomplishing things, but kind of in this frantic kind of escaping kind of way. This energy was all over the place. And tuning into the seasons with her, there was a sense of like, you know, can you just, you know, nature takes its time. It goes through these cycles. You know, there's there's times to be a little bit more dormant and internal. There's times to be more active and expressive. And you know, even if we're intense and, and you know, uh, we accomplish a lot, there, there's a need to, to go out, you know, and to come in. There's a need to breathe, you know, breathing inwards, releasing. There's a natural rhythm to the entire system. And we're, we're part of that system. And so we, we need to kind of have that inward and outward motion. And the seasons remind us of that. Mm-hmm. And the seasons also remind us that, that that can take time to attune to. It's not like it just happens one day and it switches it, it, it you know, it goes through, it, it can take months to kind of learn how to be with your own natural rhythm. And it's important to note that everybody's rhythm is different. You know, some people are just more naturally active more of the time, and that's not necessarily bad at all, but just witnessing kind of like being present to, to oneself and to that, that inward and outward motion and the cycles of, of life and, and dormancy and decay and then new life again. It's, it's, I find it wonderfully um comforting actually because yeah. even in the in the times when you might feel like nothing's happening outwardly there's always lots of things happening there's always lots of things happening they just may not be visible yet be patient yeah yeah that's beautiful that's beautiful as i find myself almost like rocking with you yeah. when you're talking like i this. know i can't <laughs> help i want to just yes. be in that space yeah. and it's just so beautiful and I love that with nature, everything's on time. And yeah. sometimes, you know, we tend to be time optimists and try to get too much done too quick and stress ourselves out or people procrastinate. But if we would just follow nature. We'd realize that no matter what, we're always like right on time because yes. nature is always right on time. It's The flower never Absolutely. blooms late and it never blooms early. It blooms right yeah. on time. <laughs> yes. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's that large cerebral cortex of ours, which is a wonderful gift, right? It's, it can, but it's also not necessarily the wisest thing at times, right? It's, yeah. It has, it, it, it gets in the world of its own. And, and 
learning to be kind of patient with processes and patient with oneself um, that, you know, that itself for a lot of, you know, intense and gifted people can be uh, just a powerfully freeing thing. Everything happens exactly when it's meant to happen, you know, and, and uh, you know, that was my foundational kind of spiritual belief. It gets complicated existentially when you see, you know, bad things happening to good people and all of that. And that's in, in some ways like a whole another complex discussion. Um, but my firm experience has been, you know, yes, we have agency. We have agency to create things and have intention to be able to create our environments and to create what we experience. But if we are linked in and integrated and participating in the natural flow and intending that, we are supported by much more than just our individual will. We are supported by the entire kind of the entire life force, which runs through all of us, the natural world and all human created objects. Um, and that to me is the sustainable source of kind of energy and motivation that allows us to accomplish things and allows us to bounce back from setbacks and, you know, bounce back from, from personal failings and just to realize that, no, you, just, you can just bring yourself back to that, that natural flow. It's right there, right here, all the time, right now. And all we need to do is turn towards it, and it's right there for us. What a tremendous gift. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And it, I think it's a gift a lot of people lose when they're shut down. That's part of that part of that catastrophic issue when people just close in. So I want to talk a little bit about and shift a minute to intuition. Sure. And spiritual yes. giftedness, you know, when I first uh -huh. learned about overexcitabilities and giftedness and years ago and I started listening, I mean, I live it, but started listening to what people say. I'm like, where's yeah. the spiritual part? Where's the intuition? Where is that empathy? Where is that that piece? And so, in fact, my book is getting ready to come out called Someone Gets Me, the name of the podcast as well. Um how intensely sensitive people can thrive in an insensitive world. And I define intensely wow. sensitive as a person with overexcitabilities yeah. and spiritual sensitivity. So mm -hmm. it's a qualitative difference from like highly sensitive. So intensely sensitive yeah. means I got overexcitabilities and I have spiritual sensitivity. Intuition yeah. would be the number one thing or really strong empathy. So do you see a lot of intuition in your people? And then my part two is yeah. how do you use intuition in your life? Uh, Oh, wow. Oh, um, wow. Okay. So start, starting, I just want to start by saying thank you for writing the book because there's not enough on this, on, on spiritual giftedness, if we want to use that term or that from my perspective, there's not enough on that. And I think it's a power, it's such a powerful tool um, to, to be able to learn to use and participate with. Um, so in terms of, uh, in terms of how I use it in my practice or in my life, I mean, I would say that you know that this that the the spiritual realm or kind of like the intuitive uh, the intuitive realm is my natural habitat that's just where i exist um that's kind of in some ways i think my greatest gift uh, and i've been developing it over time but it's it's kind of like oh that that just that just is kind of the the flow and the flux of of everything that's that's the natural habitat um in terms of clients uh in terms of clients that come in and uh, their own connections with with spirit and with with intuition. I mean, it definitely varies from person to person, um, but probably partly because of the way that um, the person I am and the way that I put myself out there, I tend to attract a lot of people who 
who are asking the deeper questions or trying to open up to some of their own perceptions, which haven't been validated by the external world. And they felt alone with, and they felt like there's something crazy about them. Um, and oftentimes in exploring people's intuitive sense, being able to almost like sense what another person's going to say before they say it, or, or kind of know what somebody's thinking when you have no like hard evidence to do that. And, and, you know, some forms of therapy, like when I think about like cognitive behavioral therapy would say, oh, that's, you have no evidence for that. That's crazy. I mean, you're just making this stuff up. And, and we live in a world that's still hyper-rational in a lot of ways, although I, I feel that shifting substantially and it will be shifting. Um, but validating those experiences is absolutely critical in order for a person to learn how to orient themselves in the world, because it's, it's, it's the intuition or the, the spirituality or tuning into the energy um, that flows the authentic nature, the outer natural world without, without that kind of ability to tune to those things. It's hard to orient ourselves. It's hard to have a compass of where to go. Um, and that's also with emotions. Um, but my experience of emotions and intuition are, are quite substantially different. Mm -hmm. um, I find emotions can, you know, with the intensity, especially can be very strong and heavy. Uh, and I find intuition is just clear it's light and it's just like, it's, um, yeah, but apart from any emotional sense, it's just there. And sometimes they're combined, you know, sometimes you might have an intuition and it's combined with a lot of excitement and feeling other times you might have an intuition that's clouded by your own, say your own baggage. Um, but tuning in, uh, tuning into the energy, tuning into intuition, tuning into the spiritual, uh, nature of reality, I think it's absolutely critical for people, especially intensely sensitive people. Um, but I think, for, and, and just to zoom out a minute here in terms of like the globe, the, you know, the earth, this wonderful planet we live on and all of the difficulties that, that we see happening, whether they're social or environmental, is in order to, you know, to heal, to heal the planet, to heal ourselves, in order to move beyond this, we have to come at it from a different level of awareness than the way that things have been going for the past few hundred years. And a fundamental part of that is, is that intuitive sense, tuning into nature, learning from nature, learning to be present, learning to be wise. Um, that has to shift in order to heal the, the larger things and to heal the individual. Perfectly said. Perfectly said. I'm listening yes. to you and I'm thinking Einstein said it. You can't solve a problem with the same thinking that created it. And, right. and you just nailed it. And I, I believe exactly the same thing, that it's our intuition and that greater connection. That's the saving grace. Absolutely. And the more all of us become alive and connected, yes. that's where, where authentic um, change for the better is going to happen. Like, you becoming connected, me becoming connected, the people we work with becoming connected. It's like a yes. grassroots effort looking outside of ourselves and outside of yeah. the system, so to speak, isn't going to work. Yeah. And, well, and, and, and even like to, to go to that integration of the outer and the inner, mm -hmm. right? Like when, when a person gets to experience that connection, they're shifting the entire thing already. Right. right? And, and so, not, I mean, it's complicated because there's, there's systemic and, and other things, but my firm belief is, when, when you get plugged in, when you plug into your inner self and you plug into the, the wider kind of system, you're literally allowing more energy to flow for everybody else. So your own personal work is part of the collective healing. Yes, we also need to be active and, and be trying to make things better. 
but don't don't look at it so black and white. It, it's you need both uh, the, the outer mm-hmm. in breath, the out breath, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a yes and. It's yes, yes and. and. Most things are yes. <laughs> right. It's not either or, folks. Yes and. Correct. Correct. <laughs> That's yeah. the way I say it. So if you love listening to Eric, go um, hunt him down on his uh, on his website. Please, please hunt fo- me down. Yeah, absolutely. and follow him um, because yeah. I'll tell you something. Um, it's refreshing. It's refreshing to speak with you and to like connect in this way. Like I have goosebumps because you're yeah. speaking my language, and it's like I love it. It's like oh, I yeah. just love it. I, I it love too. it. I love it. I love it. So I have a couple other questions before we end. Um, and they're yeah. kind of more fun questions, might we say. Mm-hmm. And the first one is, what's the most memorable food you've ever eaten? Oh, oh, that's an interesting question. <laughs> most memorable you know now. Po- okay, do you know what popped into my mind immediately? It's nachos. <laughs> I just love nachos. I love nachos of every, every possible stripe. And I'm, and I'm not willing to commit to one type of nacho conglomeration i'm going to say nachos as a cat as an overarching category i love it's it most thing. Yeah. <laughs> you're the first one that's ever said nachos yes yes, yes. <laughs> oh okay before you get your last question is there anything on your heart that you wanted to share that was really is meaningful to you that you wanted to share before you get your last question oh. of the show i want you to feel you know complete and done i i actually i feel pretty complete and done this has been uh a wonderful experience and I'm feeling more energized and more kind of connected with my own kind of passions. And it's like, there's this reciprocity between us. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the reciprocity, I mean, this is, this is it. This is part right. of what's going to heal ourselves and what's going to heal the collective. Right. So no, everything's, everything's perfect. Just as it is. Yeah. We're, we're doing it right here together. Yeah. <laughs> wonderful. Oh, I love it. I have goosebumps. And um, so here's your last question. We're going to put a billboard up that the whole world is going to see with your quote on it. What is the quote that you would like on your billboard for everyone to see? Hmm. Stop. Breathe. Pay attention. Life is all around. Oh, beautiful. I love it. We say the same things all the time. I go stop and breathe and then go from there. <laughs> You're just saying, I love it. This energy is so amazing. So stop and breathe, everybody. You've heard it from Eric. And we're talking between two different countries. And there's such a synergy that's so powerful that you can't deny the power of human connection and the creative force of nature. Because if you look at it only in the physical world, this connection shouldn't be as powerful as it is. Yes, it is. There's something greater. There's always something greater. So thank you, Eric, for being on the show with me today. What a great time. I have to have you back when I come up with another cool topic for you because I love how you share what's so important in the world. So thank you for all the work you do and thank you for the people you help. Yeah, thank you for having me, Dan. It's been uh, it's it's been a pleasure, and uh, it's been catalyzing for me, actually. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're quite welcome. So remember, everybody, keep your face to the sun, so the shadows fall behind you, because you're a rock star. You are here on purpose with a purpose. So go out there and let your light shine. And remember, when you get overwhelmed, listen to Eric. Stop and breathe and connect with nature. Then you'll know the right thing to do. Till the next episode, if someone gets me, be well. 
Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.